Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gypsy Poet Radio. I'm the Gypsy Poet. And this evening, this 4th of July edition of GPR, we are featuring a diverse and very versatile individual. He is a film director, as well as an actor and producer who is changing minds as well as changing the world. Please welcome the one, the only, and the amazing Ken May. <laughs> All right, everybody. How is everybody doing out there this evening? Wow, what a wonderful weekend we have here down in this lovely, beautiful city of San Antonio, Texas, where GPR takes place. And I just want to wish all of you a wonderful and happy Independence Day and be blessed to be in this wonderful country. I absolutely, positively love being an American. I will tell you that straight up. Anyways, we got a guest this evening who is literally blowing people away with his films as well as so many other different things that he has done in his lifetime, and he's out to change the minds of anybody who watches his material and anybody watches him, as well as changing the world. Please welcome Mr. Ken May. Mr. Ken May, can you hear me, sir? I can hear you. Thank you so much for having me on your show tonight. I'm I'm humbled and blown away by that uh, that intro. I, I'm going to have to work really hard to make sure and live up to that. <laughs> so, well, most people do when they get on my show, i got to tell you. Um, I'm going to get down to the nitty-gritty here. I want to know where are you from originally. I want to start with that. Yeah, well, I've lived uh, all over uh, a little bit, but uh, born and raised in uh, Southern California and uh, traveled around the country a little bit, but um, the, the West Coast is uh, is where I call home. Beautiful. And you've got the sea breeze. I could just picture you yeah. just standing... Of the, uh, standing in front of the ocean with the sand at your feet and just feeling the breeze just hitting your face. I can see that. I'm so grateful. Yeah. I, I can't even tell you the gratitude I have for um, – I'm really lucky. I live in – I'm actually surrounded by strawberry fields uh, where my, my home is. I'm in Hollywood at the moment, but where I live, I'm surrounded by strawberry fields, and I'm like five minutes from the beach. And on a lot of days, you just – you step outside and you smell that like – nice like sea air and it's just it's invigorating i can imagine so and and such a beautiful place where you live i mean i could just feel the air just blowing and in, in your face there i, I can feel you i love it <laughs> okay what what brought you to the film industry i want to know this you know it was complete chance, actually. It was uh, it was music that brought me to film. Um, you know, I, I'd never really put serious thought into be, being in the industry, um, making movies or, or acting in things. It just always seemed like, you know, it was somebody else's life, right? It just like kind of kind of a pipe dream sort of thing. And uh, lo and behold, uh, I was playing a show with uh, a band, one of my bands, um, in a little town out in the middle of nowhere in California called uh, Lancaster. And uh, someone in the audience was a film director. 
and he was an old-school fan of uh, hard industrial music, and that, that's what we happened to be playing that night. And we just uh, kind of struck up a friendship after that. And at one point, he decides to put out a casting call for his first feature film. And uh, I applied to be a random bad guy in the background. I thought, hey, I could do that. I can, I can stand in the background and look like, like a bad guy. Okay, I could pull that off. And we got to talking, and he, he learned a little bit more about and um, just a little bit of like Shakespeare in, in uh, college and things like that. And he said, okay, cool, that's, that's really cool. And uh, after a little bit of time, unfortunately, one of his uh, lead villains dropped out. And he thought about it and said, you know, Ken, I'm going to take a chance on you. I've, I've seen you perform on stage. I think you can do this. And so my, my first film role was, was as a lead, which was just an incredible stroke of luck. And uh, we, we, we pulled it off, and we made a really interesting film called Welcome to Grindhouse. And that was my friend uh, Otis Johnson who, who took a chance on me. And because of that, I wound up just making a lot of um, really amazing relationships. Um, after that, I uh, wound up becoming friends with a director by the name of Dustin Ferguson, who's such a wonderful, fantastic person. And um, when he moved out to California, uh, I helped him just with a couple little things. And uh, we've wound up working together on so many projects since and just maintained a wonderful, uh, both personal and working, uh, you know, friendship. And things have just exploded from there. Uh, At that point then, uh, with a lot of different relationships I've made, people started asking me, well, can you self-tape some things? And then I started self-taping more complex things. And then I'm filming parts of movies, and now I'm making my own movies. And it just, it's, it's kind of uh, an addic- both an addiction and it just kind of snowballs a little bit. So it's, it's been a really, really interesting journey. But I've, I'm just so grateful for the wonderful relationships and friendships that I've made along the way that made it possible. So I, I try to give back a, a, as much as I possibly can to other folks, especially those starting out and uh, just exploring and, and dipping their toes into the waters and uh, trying to help out where I can. I love that answer. Um, <laughs> so you covered right now who or what inspired you to go into film and what brought you to the industry. What do you love best about film? Oh, man, I, I think what I love best about film there's, there's multiple I have multiple answers to this but I have kind of like a, a selfish answer uh, is that it allows me to very uh, vicariously experience that catharsis of being the crazy angry wild villain on screen it's, it's you know have you heard of like primal screen therapy things like that right or you're just able to have this incredibly yeah. cathartic explosion of, of emotion, right? Well, I get, to do, I get to be paid to do that in front of a camera, and then I feel really chill. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to be a chill guy anyway, but uh, uh, it, it's a wonderful feeling. And I think the other thing I, I really appreciate is um, as much as I love live performance, I love making music, you're doing – you put you put in so 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 much effort, so 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 much practice, and you do it, and it's experienced, and it's very it's it's ephemeral, right? It's a live experience, and then people experience it. Hopefully, it's touched them, um, but it's it's kind of a one-time thing. 
the fascinating thing about film is once you do your performance and it's captured, it's, it's immortalized there. So you, you kind of feel like every project I work, I, I work on gets to be the most ideal capture of, of my performance, uh, hopefully. And, and it just lives on. And that, there's something really magical about that. I like that. Wow. Um, because of the acting aspect, is there a difference between theater and film? Let's elaborate on that. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a huge difference. And it's, it's kind of funny. Um, so it's not uncommon we will have um, new friends uh, enter the industry who have a strong, a very strong background in uh, theater or musical theater. And you can almost always pick these folks out immediately. Uh, great, great people, great skills. Uh, but a lot of the different techniques are just different. So they don't, they don't, there's not a one-to-one transfer. So people are used to um, very, very broadly projecting your voice out because you're trying to reach the person standing in the back of, of the theater, right? Uh, but you're going to blow out the poor uh, sound engineer's ears as well as your fellow actors if, if you're doing that in a small cramped uh, sound stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, it's interesting to see just the, the different mannerisms and, and behaviors that uh, serve one so well in a different medium uh, don't necessarily uh, transfer exactly to, to a different one. So we have to uh, adapt and adjust and, and try to do things a little bit differently. And, um, and it, it's great. It's very cool to see. Um, and if, if similarly, of course, too, if, if someone whose only background was in, in film uh, wanted to move into the, to theater, they'd have a whole bunch of different skills they would need to learn. Mm-hmm. Correct. So it's very cool. I want to ask, um, is there one you enjoy more than the other, or, or are they just two totally different entities that you fell in love with? Uh, film versus, uh, versus theater? Yes. I would, I would say, honestly, I do prefer film. Um, and I know I've got a lot of friends in theater who are, would throw eggs at me right now if they could. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, theater is very challenging in a lot of ways because, you know, you don't get to do another take, right? If you flub a line or miss a cue, then that's it. The show must go on. And, of course, ideally, we want to make sure to be as dialed in on our performance as possible in film. But it, in a lot of ways, is a lot more forgiving. And uh, I certainly feel a lot more... um, I feel a lot more nervous when I'm on the stage than, than I am when I'm in front of a, a camera. Um, but, um, you know, maybe it's different for, for my theater folks going the other direction. I don't know. <laughs> Understood, yeah. Um, is there someone you would like to collaborate with in the future? If so, who? Oh, man, I would love to work with some of the other visionaries in, in the horror uh, genres. Um, some of the directors from, you know, the so-called Splat Pack or some of the, the directors who, uh, you know, were just luminaries and, and, and inventors of so many things um, from back in the day um, that we're still imitating to this day. Um, like, I'd love to work with George Romero. I'd love to work with uh, just so many different folks. I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of so many different people uh, that I'm just – always overjoyed when I get to uh, share um, time with someone who's 
um, been able to do so many different things because I, I feel like I learned so much from, from, from everybody. I'm just always trying to observe and absorb and uh, somehow take some of that knowledge and wisdom experience and integrate it into what I'm doing. Hopefully it works. <laughs> really cool. Um, you've been in over 70 films, according to some of my sources. Uh, that yeah. is quite a lot, and, and congratulations on so many features. Um, but uh, you've also stumbled into directing. What was that experience mm-hmm. like? You know, it's been very, very rewarding. Um, I've learned a ton from uh, my all my comrades in indie horror, um, particularly Dustin Ferguson. He's such a wonderful person and has such a great uh, vision for everything he's doing. You know, he he knows exactly what he needs from a scene, and he's able to pare things down to just just the key elements that he needs and so he can be incredibly uh, mobile and and, uh, efficient on a project and I really really appreciate that and um, my friend uh, James Balsamo as well he does so many incredibly creative things with uh, different sets and different props and just figuring out what he's got available and and what what he can do with it and uh, uh, he's a fantastic um, example of, of making different relationships uh, as well and, and bringing all that to bear. When I work in one of his movies, I never know what sort of cameos are going to, you know, wind up being in the film because he just he winds up being involved with so many different people. It's great. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I got to stop you for a second because I want to show uh, want to show a little bit of love to the Williams to the Williamson group who brought you to my attention and Joe Williamson yes. guy. I you're listening in, man. So I just want to say thank you for for um, bringing me such a wonderful roster of people, including Mr. Ken. Um, among other things, um, those of you tuning in, I want you to know that there is going to be more GPR shows coming up. And next week on the 9th, I'm going to have Mr. Harley Wallen. And, of course, the wonderful, beautiful, and absolutely talented author, Betsy Show. So please uh, tune in and keep up with that. Um, coming back to the questions here. Um, I want to I want to get about maybe three or four titles of films that you've been in. Oh, and by the way, I have to say hello to Mr. Craig Muckler and Mr. James Balsamo, who I've had both on my show last year. Uh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, they're absolutely fabulous. I forgot to mention that, and I don't want to do that again. <laughs> but coming back to your question, could you give me at least about four titles of films that you've been in? Sure. Well, before I answer that, I want to second um, what you said about uh, – the Williamson Agency and, and, and Joe, he's such a fantastic, uh, kind, and positive person. Uh, I, I very much appreciate uh, his friendship and, and um, the different connections we've made together. You know, it's, it's rare to see people in the industry that um, are always so positive and um, very, very uh, giving, and uh, he's definitely one of those people, and I very much appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. But to answer your question, yeah, so uh, several different titles I'm in. Um, so I'm working on a movie with uh, Dustin Ferguson called Hell of the Screaming Undead, uh, which I'm very excited to be uh, uh, having a, a lead in that one. Um, and I just the title alone, I'm just so excited just because of that. But we're going to have some amazing, amazing uh, co-stars working on that one as well. Um, and, of course, uh, helped with some of his movies from the Pandemic uh, series he did, so Ebola Rex, 
and uh, Arachnado and just all these, these great, great movies. Um, Apex Predators, which is in Walmarts and in retail right now. Uh, mm-hmm. With James Balsamo, we just uh, wrapped principal shooting on Alien Danger 2, which is a really exciting movie. Uh, it's going to be a kid-friendly sci-fi action comedy, and uh, we've somehow managed to get uh, cameos in there from Rob Halford and Tommy Chong and uh, parts of Guar, and somehow it's still kid-friendly, so it's, it's amazing. Um, and of course, you know, I, I have a warm place in my heart for the, the first feature I ever did, which was uh, Welcome to Grindhouse from, from Otis Johnson. Um, and uh, today I was working on set for a project called uh, Let's Stop at the Morgue uh, by director Sam Hell, and um, I'm very excited about that one. Uh, that one's a very kind of underground uh, boutique sort of a, a project, uh, but I'm excited about that as well. Um, so tell me about 2021. What has been the highlight of this year for you? What have you accomplished or achieved in such a challenging year? I would say my highlight for 2021 would be uh, my debut feature film that, that I uh, made, uh, Future Fear. Uh, came out on Wild Eye, uh, or from Wild Eye, and um, is, uh, as of August 8th, I believe, going to be available in stores. Um, it's already streaming on uh, 2D and I think Amazon Prime and a bunch of other uh, things from Roku and other sources. Um, and so many wonderful people uh, worked together on that. It was, it was just a fantastic project that all came together because of so, so, so many different uh, wonderful, talented people. I was just a very small part of that. Um, and uh, But uh, I, I, I got to have my name on it as a... Uh, as the one who brought it all together. So I'm, I'm grateful and excited about that. And uh, let's see. Yeah, just uh, keeping busy uh, in the industry. Um, now that everything's sort of opened back up uh, in Hollywood, uh, everybody's trying to film at once. And so I'm just very grateful for all the different projects uh, I've been in. We just had the red carpet premiere for Clown Motel 2. Uh, Clown Motel 2, Death to Us Part is its full title. And I just wrapped recently on a movie called uh, Appetite for Sin by uh, Matthew Vanaha. Um, and just wonderful, great new relationships with uh, folks I haven't worked with before. Uh, just did a lead for uh, Terror Tunes 4 from the immensely talented uh, Joe Castro. And uh, it's just, I, I feel overwhelmed with blessings this year. I can see that, and and rightfully so. Look at all these projects as you've done in such a short amount of time. You've uh, you've knocked out quite a lot, so that's definitely an accomplishment. I'm very happy for you. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, is there at least one thing that you would like to achieve before the year is over, and what is it? You know, I wrote down three different things on my. Uh, on my goal list. Uh, I feel like it's always good for me to have both short-term and long-term goals. So I'm not just running around chaotically with the energy I've got, uh, but that I'm also directing it towards bigger, longer-term things. So Mm -hmm. I am uh, hoping that before the end of the year, I will have uh, finished uh, putting together my brand new uh, post-apocalyptic web series called Rusted Blood. Uh, that should be coming out from SES Entertainment that I'm 
producing, directing, and uh, um, working with just a, a bunch of different people on, and I'm very excited about that. Um, also, I actually, um, later tonight, will be working on mastering um, a new EP that I've got coming out uh, in a very different style of music than I normally do called uh, Witch House. Um, so I'm, I'm, I wanted to do something a little bit different, and that was also on my, uh, my 2021 bucket list. So it uh, looks like I, that will be accomplished. It looks like it was. I'm so happy for you. Wow, what a list of things that you've done and are doing and you're going to do. So thumbs up to that. Kudos to you. Yes. There is something very different that you would mentioned to me earlier, and I want to kind of bring it out into the public because I think it's a very interesting story. You also had your own radio show at one point. You want to elaborate on that? That's right. Yeah, so I had a radio show on AM radio for a couple of years called Tech Today with Ken May on AM 1490 KVTA. And I did that for, yeah, a couple of years and uh, a little bit of a similar format. I had a lot of different um, technology-related guests call in, and I talked to them about the cool new things they were working on, and I talked a little bit about the latest in technology news, and it was great. I, I did that for a while and um, got to a point where, we had uh, a few title sponsors all uh, finish up their agreements at the same time and uh, decided to uh, put that energy in different directions because the world was moving more towards podcasting like we happen to be doing as well. Um, and, I, you know, I think I accomplished what I needed to accomplish here. So I just I decided to take that energy and pour it back into my business at the time. Mm. Gotcha. But I'm grateful for the experience uh, that I got from that. And I think it, I think it helped quite a bit. Uh, people maybe don't realize, but it takes a lot of time and effort and, uh, and talent to be able to host a radio show like you do and talk to guests that are nervous and awkward and weird and don't know how to answer questions and, and trail off in the middle of a sentence and to still manage to keep it entertaining to keep, and to keep the show flowing. And how do you vamp for a half hour when someone who's supposed to call in doesn't call in? And now you have to, in the middle of a show, come up with something new. So it's, uh, hopefully people recognize that it takes quite a bit of skill to sit in your seat, and I, I have a lot of respect for it. I appreciate that. Among other things, Coming from a director's perspective, this is a very important question to me because it's very close to home, and I wanted to pop this one in. You being a director, I know that you sit in two different chairs. You sit mm-hmm. in the middle of the action, and you're the one, of course, obviously, who directs it. That's why it's called the director's seat. But you also probably sit in the editing room. And mm-hmm. where I want to, and where I want to go with this question is how. Do you select the music that goes into a film? Mm, yeah. So ideally, I love to be able to use music from other musicians that I, I know personally. I love to support my friends, and I've been very blessed to be able to include uh, work from them in a lot of different projects uh, over the years. Uh, sometimes we don't always have that opportunity, um, but typically when I'm filming something, I've I've always got music running in my head uh, pretty much all the time. <laughs> so uh, I've got an idea for the overall vibe of a project, and sometimes it gets even a little bit more specific from scene to scene. But 
uh, I, I'm one of those people where I kind of, in the film I'm putting together, I, I just, I love for there to be almost always some kind of music going on. Um, even if it's just more ambient background, incidental sort of stuff, uh, some sort of tonal um, progress really helps me feel like the movie overall is moving forward. And, you know, some directors go in, in different directions and they, they fully embrace silence for a lot of their film and they only have music at, at key parts. Or maybe sometimes they don't really even have any music and that's, that's, that's fine. But I, um, I'm a, I feel like a very musical person, so I, I tend to love to have something going at all times. So it really just depends on the nature of the project uh, and uh, what's available when I put it together. <laughs> that's good to know, because um, having a background in music myself, that's one of the things that I wanted to do was score music for films. And uh, you have, yeah, and and I wanted to get it from a director's perspective, what they look for and how they do it, mm. and and uh, yeah. what, uh, yeah, especially what kind of purpose do they serve. So I, I love the idea of just sitting in the editing room and just adding and just fusing the music with the film strip. I think is really cool and interesting. And um, I know with, uh, computer, yeah, computers and uh, have have done have done wonders with films. And so uh, and, and me being a, I hate to tell you me being a Mac user and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. Um, it, it makes it very easy for those of us who mm-hmm. love to do that, to write music for films, to fuse together um, the the, um, the scenes with uh, or, or the computerized film in with the sound, and it and it creates a whole other level of art. It is a beautiful art form, and um, and 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 looking for ways to create. That sound that that really affects your affects the audience's emotions when they watch the film because I personally think that the music finds a way to keep the audience engaged and intrigued as to what's going to happen next. Yeah, I mean, some absolutely. of the great, so yeah, some of the greatest films were made big because of their music. So I just want to point that out. That's something I'm always on the lookout for. Is like, what kind of music is in that film to keep me engaged and watching? Because it's all about how to form the music to keep the audience captivated. And that is that is a distinct trait to have. So kudos yeah. to you. Yes, kudos to you for, for being in touch with that. Thank you. Because, Thank you. Well, and, yeah. you know, I see music as part of, even the bigger picture of sound design, it is amazing the impact that good sound design has on a scene. Um, I've, I shot like a cyberpunk action comedy uh, piece and I decided to try my hand at doing the sound design for it myself. And I gained a whole new level of respect for all those hardworking sound engineers and foleys out there because unless you have all the right sounds in a fight scene with the punching, kicking, and the grunts, and the, the weapon sounds, and all this, it falls completely flat, no matter how good the action is. And vice versa, you can take a lukewarm action scene, and have, by having great sound design, it really adds a lot of impact to it. Yeah, totally. I love that. Uh, let's get to my last two questions here. Um, First question is, being 4th of July weekend, which is one thing that you're really grateful for that you didn't have before that you got now? Mm-hmm. And the second question is, is there anybody else that you want to give a shout-out or some love to? This is your chance to do so. 
Absolutely. So I would say what I'm really grateful for that I have now that I didn't have before uh, would be my beautiful little children. Um, I'm very, very grateful for them, and they're such an important aspect of my life. Um, and for just all the new relationships that I've built um, over the years with so many wonderful people, both in and outside of the, the industry. And um, if it wasn't for all my wonderful friends and, and, and comrades in industry, I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do what I do. Um, and so I just try to give back as much as I possibly can. In terms of Shout-outs, I'm, I'm glad I already had a chance to give a shout-out to, to Dustin and James and Joe, um, my friend Sam, uh, so many of my, my fellow um, act, uh, co-actors, uh, like uh, my friend Tracy Burr, uh, my friend Doug, Doug Waugh that I'm going to be uh, working with again on, uh, very, very soon here. There's just uh, so many great folks, uh, Joseph Kelly, Matt Vanaha, Joe Castro, um, I'm, I'm grateful for all these people, and if I left somebody out, I, please forgive me, uh, but I, I would not be here doing what I'm doing um, if it wasn't for all these different people, including the ones who took a chance on me from the start, Otis Johnson and uh, Kayvon Cola. Awesome. Alrighty, so we've just reached the end of GPR at this point. I just want to let you guys know that you can find GPR on every um, on every platform for podcasts that's out there you can find me on google Podcasts. you can find you can find it on iheartradio.com you can also find it here directly and you can find it as well on apple podcasts and i also want to say thank you a big huge thank you to the wonderful and amazing ken may thank you so much for joining me on gpr this evening on this wonderful fourth of july weekend and it, thank you. i will say last yes <laughs> it was an absolute blast this is the gypsy poet signing off saying adieu for now